Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Fasten to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. We want to talk today about our most important task in the home. As a mother or father, I suspect that most of us feel like we have multiple tasks before us. There are a lot of things that come with being a mom or a daddy. Some of the things that come our way as parents, particularly as new parents, we're not expecting. And so we have to learn on the job. But there are some things that we can anticipate. And I really believe that our most important task as a mother or father is to lay a foundation for our children, spiritually speaking. Because our ultimate goal is to one day see our children in heaven. After all, that's what it's all about. We want our children to one day be in eternity with us. And so having said that, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Moses here emphasizes some very important principles for the Israelite nation. And I want us to think about these principles and how they apply to us in the 21st century. First of all, when you look at chapter 6, you'll find Moses talking about Israel's life in the Lord. When you, when you look at the children of Israel, you see that they were a blessed people. God had called them as his nation, and ultimately they would be the ones through whom the Messiah would come into the world. So in chapter 6, Moses begins talking about their life in the Lord, and he sets forth some principles that will bless their lives. First of all, he says that the Lord is to be the focus of their life. If you look at the first five verses in chapter 6, you'll find that five times Moses uses the words, the Lord your God. And I think there's a reason for that. God was, was to have been the focal point of Israel. Everything was to revolve around the Lord. The same is true today. Those of us who live in the 21st century, we have decisions to make. One of the decisions that we have to make, where is the Lord going to be in our life? Is he going to be a part of our life? Is he going to be the focal point of life? You remember Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. To make sure that God is at the apex of life, that everything revolves around him. He's really the hub of life. And if God is the hub of your life, then you're going to be blessed. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. There is, there's a second thing I want you to see. Not only was the Lord to have been the focus of their life, but they were to fear the Lord. Look at verse 1. He said, now this is a commandment. And these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, 
that you may fear the Lord your God. And so the idea is that they were to reverence God. They were to stand in awe of Almighty God. To understand that this is the creator. Not only is he your creator, but he is your sustainer. Moreover, he is your redeemer. They had seen what God had done by leading them out of Egyptian bondage. They had been blessed to have been redeemed from Pharaoh and his army. And they're about to cross over into the promised land. And so what God wanted them to do, fear him, reverence him. You remember Solomon said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon talks about life and all of the things that that go along with life and some of the things that, that allure us in life. And Solomon said, the summation of life, what life is all about, fear God and keep his commandments. In other words, reverence him. That's the whole of man. And so, these people were to fear the Lord. A third thing that they were to do, they were to be faithful to the Lord. Listen again to what he said. This is a commandment. These are the statutes and judgments which the the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you're crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you and your son, your grandson, all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. God wanted their faithfulness. Now we talk about God being the focal point of their lives and God being, God being not just the focal point of their lives, but God being viewed in an exalted manner so that they would fear or reverence or awe him, stand in awe of him. And God here is saying, look, I want you to be faithful to my word. Why did they need to be faithful to his word? Well, so that he could bless them, so that they could fulfill his purposes for them and in them and through them. We talk about parents today and our most important task. I think there are a lot of things that that we have on our plate as parents. But, But to live in such a way so that our children see within us the Lord. In other words, they see in me and you a Christian father, a Christian mother, a Christian mama, a Christian daddy. They know that God is at the apex of our lives. They know, they, they have no doubt that we fear the Lord, that we're trying to live faithful to his word, that we're trying to honor his word, that we're trying to live in such a way that we bring honor and glory to God. We only have our children for, for a very short period of time. Once they're grown, our task is completed in many respects. When they're born into this world, they're like a piece of clay. We have the opportunity to mold, to nurture, to guide, to shape the life of that child. We have to do it early. We have to make sure that we we set the right example, that we encourage, that we teach. In other words, we're trying to lay a foundation so that they can build for the future. There is a 
there's another point I want to share with you very quickly. And that is, Moses talked about their fortune in the Lord. We talk about how the Lord was to have been the focal point in their life. They were to fear the Lord. They were to be faithful to the Lord. But then what about their fortune? Listen to what he says in verse 3. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. We talk about Canaan. This beautiful land that they would ultimately inherit, a land flowing with milk and honey. If they obeyed the will of God, God said, it'll be well with you and you'll multiply greatly. I want to say this. When God is in your life, it doesn't matter what the circumstances may be. It doesn't matter how traumatic the circumstances of life may be. All is well. Why is that? Because the Lord is with you. Do you remember what God said to Joshua in the long ago? Think, think about Joshua. Moses has been the leader of the people of God. The book of Joshua begins by saying that Moses, my servant, is dead. And so God was calling upon Joshua to step up to the plate and assume his mantle of leadership. God promised Joshua that he would be with him, that he would bless him. And he wanted him to observe all the commandments contained in the law. He said, you need to meditate on these things. And he said, if you do that, It'll make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. You see, when we do what God wants in our lives, he's going to bless us. I think about parents today, and, and particularly our children. It is an awesome responsibility to have a child placed into our hands. The psalmist in Psalm 127 talks about the blessings of parenthood. And he talks about the abundance of children. He said, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. The fruit of the womb, he said, is his reward. Nothing like being a parent. But we have the awesome responsibility of guiding that child in the right way. We want to lay a foundation so that that child can be successful and so that that child can be prosperous one day. And so many times we accentuate the physical, the material, and, and some of the other things of life. But really what's most important, the spiritual dimension of life. There's a second thing I want you to see. Not only did Moses talk to these people about their life in the Lord, but he talked to them about their love for the Lord. Listen, if you would, in verse 4. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God. Here's the demand. God wants people that will love him. If we love the Lord, if we love him as we are to love him, everything else falls into place. Our love for God is demonstrated by our willingness to comply with his commands. And I think the Lord understood that. If people genuinely love the Lord, it's not an issue about worshiping God on the first day of the week. It's not an issue about studying the Bible on, on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. It's not an issue about praying. It's not a, an issue about being involved in the work of the kingdom. It's a labor of love. 
And so there is the demand to love. But then also look, if you would, at the dimensions of love. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your might. What Moses is saying to the children of Israel is that when it comes to your life, the faculties of life, you need to love God with everything in your being. Now, if God is, if God is at the apex of your life, if he's the focal point of your life, then you love him. And you demonstrate that love for him by honoring his word, by doing what he says. The, these points are interrelated. And so here are Israelite parents and they're being instructed on how to live in the Lord. He's talking to them about their love. Think for a minute about all the commands that God gave ancient Israel, some 613 commands. And really many of those commands could have been summed up. Jesus summed them up in Matthew chapter 22 as loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. He said, this is the first and great commandment. A second like unto it, he said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. I want you to think about this. As a parent, if our children see in us a genuine love for Almighty God, what's that going to breed? Hopefully it will serve as a catalyst for their love for the Lord. I said a minute ago that there are some things as a parent we're not expecting. When, when a newborn child is placed in our hands, there are some things that, that we just have to learn on the job. But there are some things that we can make preparation for. And we talk about laying a foundation and trying to build our home on the Lord and, and letting our light shine and letting our children see Christ living in us and demonstrating day in and day out an honoring of his will obeying his commands. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John said, this is the love of God that you keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome or grievous. We love God. And because we love God, we honor his word. Because we love God, we try to rear our children in the Lord. Why is that? Because the Lord said, if you do that, I'll bless you. Look at our society today. Look at some of the problems that our nation faces today, our nation is reeling morally and spiritually. And really the whole reason our nation is in trouble is because the home is in trouble. The home is the bedrock of society. As has been said in days gone by, as the home goes, so goes the nation. If, if the home is flourishing, the nation will flourish. If the home is floundering and failing, then by the same token, problems will occur within the nation. Look back at Rome. There were a lot of things that contributed to the demise of Rome. Rome fell from within. And one of the, one of the reasons that Rome fell was because of the home. And so as a nation of people, and particularly as the church, we want to make sure that we, that we as God's people develop rock-solid homes. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. And that is, Moses talked about their leadership in the Lord. First, their life in the Lord. And then secondly, their love for the Lord. But thirdly, their leadership in the Lord. 
Look at verse 6. In verse 6, Moses begins by saying, what you need to do is store up God's word. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Now over in chapter 11, verse 18, again, Moses said, on behalf of God, you shall take these words of mine and lay them up in your heart and in your soul. Reminiscent of what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 when he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, you let God's word find a home in your heart, in your soul. You make it a part of your life. Why did, she, why did the children of Israel need to take the word of God and store it up? Why should we as parents store up the word of God? Why should we make it a part of our body, a part of our our spiritual body, a part of our spiritual life. Two reasons. Number one, because it guides. The word of God will guide us in this life. Do you remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 103? He said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Do you know why some people are floundering in spiritual darkness? Do you know why some families today are upside down and have all kinds of problems? Because they think they can do it alone. They don't think they need God. If God is in your marriage, if God is involved in your parenting, you're going to be blessed. Look, when it comes to child rearing, I need all the help I can get. I want to do things God's way. Here's what Paul said, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When I take that word and store it up in my life, then I understand the importance of spiritual things, of things that are eternal in nature. My children see in me someone who is living for the future, who's living for the Lord today, yes, but ultimately who's moving toward heaven. Jeremiah the long ago said, it's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. You need revelation. You need the revelation that comes through scripture. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He said, all scripture, every scripture is inspired of God and is profitable. Do you know what our nation could use today? A healthy dose of righteousness. That only comes through the Bible. I promise you, if every home in our country would say, you know what, we're going to take the principles of the Bible and we're going to live by them. If we did that as a nation, if we just gave it a trial run for 30 days, you would be amazed at the changes that would take place in our society. That's all we need to do. Give God a chance. Give him a chance. A lot, of folks, a lot of folks in our world today, they haven't even stopped to think. There is a creator. There is a sustainer. There is a redeemer. They haven't even paused long enough to think about these precious children that have been placed in their hands. We've got a lot of mamas and daddies in our country, in our world today, that need to think about their most important task in the home. God's word not only guides, but it guards. 
We talk about being proactive. What we need to do is lay up God's word in our heart. Well, somebody says, why do you need to do that? Well, one of the reasons is so that you will be able to discern between good and evil. That's what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Now, the psalmist said in Psalm 119, 11, your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more you build an arsenal of scripture within your heart, the better able you, the better able you are to defend yourself against the devil. Think about your children. As a mama or daddy, you are a protector, are you not? We have the responsibility of protecting and guiding and nurturing our children. We have the responsibility of pointing them in the right direction. If we don't know the difference between right and wrong, if we don't understand the forces of evil that are out in the world, and what the Bible says in regard to what's right or wrong, truth or error, we're in a lot of trouble. Listen to what Peter said. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Don't think for a minute the devil's not after your children. He is. He's after you, yes. But he's after our children as well. And so what we want to do is take this word and store it up. Why? So it will guide us and so it will guard us. But then there's a second thing. And that is... Not only do we have the responsibility of storing up the word, but of sharing the word. Listen now to what he says. Look again at verse 6. He said, these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently. To whom? To your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Now go back for just a minute and think about Israel's life in the Lord. One of the first points that we made, God is to be the focal point of life. If God is the focal point of your life as a mom or a daddy, then what are you going to do? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to teach your children diligently. When? When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. In other words, it's going to be something that's constant. It's going to be overflow. Now, what's my duty as a parent? My duty as a parent is to teach my children God's holy word. If I don't do it, who will? You think the schools are going to do that? I don't think so. You think society's going to do that? I don't think so. Now, I understand the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Elders have the responsibility of feeding the flock, and so when our children are in worship services and Bible study, they have the opportunity to feed on the word of God. And let me just say this. If as a parent you're not bringing your children to Bible study on Sunday morning and Wednesday night, you need to be doing that. If you're not attending worship services on Sunday night, if you're not coming back on Wednesday night, you need to be doing that. If you're not attending now when your children get old or get older, you think they're going to attend? You think they're going to have a foundation? In all probability, no. Listen, there are exceptions. There are some people that grow up in weak homes, spiritually speaking. And they grow up and become faithful, diligent children of God. They're all about the Lord and his kingdom. But chances are, if they see apathy in you, 
they will be apathetic themselves. So, we have the responsibility of teaching our children. We need to be teaching our children what the Bible says about marriage, the home, the family, the church, salvation, morality, all of these great principles that are in the Bible, they need, our children need to hear it from us. They need to see in us Christianity. So we have the responsibility of sharing this word. It's an awesome, it's an awesome responsibility. Look, you may teach your son or your daughter how to play baseball or softball. You may teach them how to golf. You may teach them how to play tennis. You may teach them about math, calculus, chemistry, science, a number of other, another, a number of other academics. But the bottom line is, if you don't teach them the Bible, you're missing out. You need to teach them what the Bible says. When I was just a little fella, and I suspect most of our young people here, one of the songs that, that, that I learned and that our young folks have learned, a very simple truth, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. As a parent, we need to teach our children that. Now let me just very quickly talk about the danger. If we don't fulfill our responsibility as a parent, nobody's going to do that for us. It, it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. You only have your children for a period of time. Once your children leave for college, for all intents and purposes, they're gone. Now, I understand you're still supporting them financially, emotionally, in other ways, but they're gone. And so the first 18 years of life are absolutely critical. We have to teach, 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 and reteach. What happens if we don't do that? Do you remember what was said in the book of Judges in chapter 2? how the people were faithful during the days of Joshua. They were faithful during the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. But then the Bible says there arose another generation that knew not the Lord, nor yet the great works which he had done in Israel. Let me ask this question. What do you think happened? Why do you think a generation of people arose that knew not the Lord nor the great works which he had done for Israel. Let me tell you why. Because mamas and daddies failed on the job. They didn't do what they were supposed to be doing. What, was, what were they supposed to be doing? Teaching. Listen again to what Moses said. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Judges chapter 21, verse 25, reads, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own, in his own eyes. What happened? They had, they had gotten to a point 
to where you do what you want, I'll do what I want. When he said there's no king in Israel, what he was saying was they had rejected God as being their king. And as a result of that, they just did whatever. Listen very carefully. We are paying a horrible price in our nation because we have said we think we know better than God. I promise you we don't. We may think we have all the answers and we may think that we don't need God. I think the proof is in the pudding. We have proven we need God. We have proven as a nation of people that without God and without his word, we're in a lot of trouble. I want to encourage you as a parent, do your job. Be the kind of parent that God would have you to be. If you do that, God will bless you. He'll bless your children. And ultimately, one day, you'll be in heaven. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul.